Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, chefs. You're listening to Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the transition of going from cook to sous chef and some things that uh, you might expect when you become the sous chef and things to look out for. So the other day on my Instagram page, I posted that I get asked the question a lot, how do I get promoted into the sous chef role? And I said, there's three things that I think would definitely help you get that position. And I said, number one, you need to be an excellent cook. Number two, you need to be the go-to person in the kitchen. And number three, you need to make sure that not only that the chef knows, but that everyone else in the kitchen knows that you're interested in the position. So I made it pretty brief on Instagram, but today I kind of want to get into that much more extensively and do a deep dive into what I mean specifically with each one. So let's start with the first one, and that is the price of entry, can you cook? And I had mentioned that a lot of people, when they're they're starting out, they think that in order to become the sous chef, that it's all paperwork and admin and writing schedules and you know talking to the chef and goofing off. But that could be the furthest thing from it. It's not about the admin work. It's not about filling out temperature logs. It's not about writing schedules. It's about knowing how to cook and demonstrating that you are the best cook in the kitchen and that you have a firm understanding on not just food and culinary, but you have a firm understanding on the food specifically where you work. So you need to be able to demonstrate the most important thing, which is, do you know how to cook? That is the gatekeeper. That is the price of entry. And if you're focusing on all these other things, like people would come up to me and say, chef, can you teach me how to write a schedule? I want to become a sous chef. And I used to think to myself, fuck, that's the furthest thing from what you need to be working on to become a sous chef. And I would tell them, you don't need to worry about schedules. You need to worry about making sure that your station is set on time, that you're a good cook, that you show up on time, that you're responsible, all these other things. Make sure that you are the best cook in the kitchen. And not just the best cook, but you are consistently the best cook in the kitchen that puts out delicious food every single time. That's what's going to set you apart. Not writing schedules, not walking around with a clipboard. A lot of these these uh, wannabe clipboard chefs, um, you know, they they think that that's where the money is. They think that well, if I walk around with a clipboard and I think I'm important, people respect me um, because they think, oh, that's that's what the other sous chefs do. Um, but that could be furthest from the truth. Being a sous chef really is like they've mastered a certain level of culinary expertise and. Because of that, they are being looked at for the next position. If you are only thinking about the admin work, it's it's the wrong approach. I'm telling you right now, it is the absolute wrong way to go about it. Make sure that you have very strong culinary fundamentals. 
And when it comes to culinary fundamentals, make sure that you have a realistic understanding of where you are. You know, a lot of chefs, young cooks in the kitchen, they think that they've progressed further along than they really have. Um, and, you know, they overestimate their abilities. I, I put up a story the other day saying, you know, do you have the best cake in the kingdom? And a lot of cooks do believe that they serve the best cake in the kingdom, but they really haven't experienced what great cake is. So sometimes you need to ask the chef, you need to ask the other sous chefs, like, give me honest feedback on where I'm at culinary and let me know what I need to work on. Make sure you're asking those questions so that you have a good understanding of what you need to work on and actually work towards improving those things when you do receive the feedback. Don't take it personal. You're asking for the feedback. Be prepared to hear things that you don't like because you may have overestimated your culinary ability. So first and foremost, make sure that you are the best cook in the kitchen. There's a lot that goes into being the best cook in the kitchen. So we, we talk specifically about the food, but there's other things. There's also, you know, are you on time? Are you in uniform? Do you buck the system? A lot of that plays into being the best cook. When your partner is in the weeds, do you jump in and help them out? That's also being the best cook. So not just being a good cook, but also being, you know, a cook that's willing to help everyone out and not selfish. That is the person that most likely will get promoted. So take that into consideration is, are you the best cook and are you the person that everyone goes to when they need help? So that's really point number two is, are you the go-to person in the kitchen? Are you the first person that volunteers to help when people need help? Are you the person that when someone calls off, you're the person that they're going to call and say, hey, can you come in because we had a call off and we need someone to cover? Now, no one likes receiving that phone call. But when you do respond and you do show up, that goes a long way in the mind uh, of a chef. And, and a lot of times people will say, you know, it's my day off. I'm not coming in. And I understand that. And I totally respect that your time is your time. However, when you are the leader, um, if someone calls off, it is your time to come in. That is your responsibility. There is no one else. So when you are in the sous chef role, sometimes you might not have the choice. You might have to come in because if it's not you, then there is no other option. They have to close the restaurant. You also need to be the person that when there's offsite events, you're the first person that volunteers to go to these offsite events and help the chef. You are the one that stays late. You're the one that comes in early. All these things matter and they matter because those are the things that you're going to do when you are the sous chef. And a lot of people will push back and say, well, I'll do that when they pay me. But the fact of the matter is, if you're not demonstrating that willingness before you get the money, a lot of people in, in the position of chef might not be willing to gamble because they are unsure if you'll do it. So I'll give you an example. There's two people. Um, you, you say that I'll do it when they pay me. And the other person says, well, I'll just do it anyway. Who's going to get promoted? The person that's doing it anyway, because when the time comes, the chef knows when times are tough, that person I know will come in on their day off, or I know they're willing to stay late because someone called off, or they're willing to come in early as needed. Um, that person is going to be rewarded. So if you see that you are not that go-to person, make sure that you become that person because the attitude of pay me more and I'll do it, um, that, it, it just doesn't work. The world, in my opinion doesn't work that way. In a lot of chefs opinion, it doesn't work that way. You need to be able to demonstrate that you are willing to do it. And when the chef is aware that you're willing to do it, they'll give you that job.
Which brings us to the third point, and that is to make sure that the person that makes the hiring decisions is aware that you are interested in the job. I know I've been passed over for jobs simply because I never expressed that I wanted them. I remember that I had gone and I was a temporary executive chef uh, for this, this beautiful hotel that I really wanted to be the chef of. And I went in and I said, okay, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to get the kitchen clean and I'm going to make the food better and I'm going to get the team behind me and they'll have to give me the job. And, you know, I was there for several months and uh, then they finally came to me and said, hey, just so you know, we've hired a chef, so uh, we're not going to be needing your service anymore. And I was kind of bummed out and I didn't understand why I thought they would have offered me the job. And I went out to dinner with... um, with the general manager and uh, he asked me point blank, he said, why didn't you apply for the job? Um, We really wanted to hire you. And I said, I didn't apply because I thought you guys would have asked me to. And he said, nope, that's not how it works. If uh, you're interested in the job, then you need to apply. It was a good lesson for me. And, you know, it was a job that I missed that I would have really enjoyed to have gotten. But hopefully that lesson you could learn from it. If you want the job, you need to express interest. You need to tell the chef that you are wanting to move up and that you are looking at the sous chef role. You need to be prepared that the chef is going to tell you, you may not be ready. And here are some things that you need to work on. My advice when you get to that conversation, and you know, this is a little side tangent is when you go into that negotiation with the chef and they say, this is what you need to work on. uh, Take a pad and a pen and write everything down that they say. This will demonstrate that they know you're serious. It might put them on a little bit of alert because they know you're writing it down. So they need to make sure that whatever that they're saying, that they're going to hold themselves accountable to it. And then work your ass off to make sure you accomplish all the things that the chef said that you needed to work on. Once that's done, go back and say, chef, I've accomplished this, this, and this, whatever it was that you wanted me to work on. Do you feel like I am now ready to take on the sous chef role? Hopefully they'll say, yes, you're ready, or they will tell you a couple more things that you need to work on. And then you repeat the same process over again. And hopefully next time you get the job, but make sure that you let them know that you are interested because if they don't know you're interested, they just may assume they're going to go with a different candidate because you haven't expressed interest because some people just want to be cooks forever. They don't want to move up. They have no desire to move into a sous chef role. Another thing that I would do, and again, these are, these are sometimes my Machiavellian tactics, is I would go and tell every single person that I work on the line with, especially whoever my, uh, you know, whoever my biggest competition is, hey, I'm going to get the sous chef job and I'm applying for it and I know I'm going to get it. Uh, and just demonstrate a little bit of confidence in that because that may deter them from saying, oh shit, they're going to get it. Why should I even apply? So you kind of thin out the competition a little bit. Um, you may deter other people from, from getting the job. Not only that, but people talk. And so when everyone says who should be the next sous chef, everyone's going to say, oh, clearly this person, uh, that's all they want They're, They want it so bad. You got to give it to them. So building some of that, uh, momentum behind you as to why you should be that person is a good thing. Just make sure you're not a, a an asshole in the kitchen or a jerk. Um, because if everyone knows that you want to be a sous chef, but people don't like you, you don't want them going behind your back and saying, do not give it to that person. If they get it, I will quit. And trust me. 
uh, that's happened. I've been in many of those conversations where, you know, a kitchen team comes up to me and says, absolutely, you cannot promote this person. So make sure you have the team support behind you, um, but make sure everyone knows that you are interested in the job um, because that will go a long way in making sure that you get the job. Now, I do want to point out a couple of things as the person who would do the hiring as the executive chef. A lot of times we already know who's going to get the sous chef job. You know, the conversations have been had behind the scenes. You know, maybe the executive sous chefs or some of the other sous chefs are saying, hey, this is the person. So a lot of times in my experience, I've already gone up to the person and said, hey, you're next in line. Get ready. Be ready for the cooking interview or, or whatever um, the process may be. I've already let them know. It's already been predetermined in my mind who is getting the job. And that's usually because they've done all the things that were discussed previously. You know, they are the best cook in the kitchen. They are the go-to person. And hopefully they've expressed that they want the job. If not, I might be sitting them down and asking them if they have ever thought about becoming the sous chef. Now we could talk about the interview process at length. Um, but I did another podcast regarding cooking interviews. And I, I think if you're in a, in a position where you might be close to becoming a sous chef, you should go back to listen to if you have to do a cooking interview. And there's something I didn't say on that podcast in particular, and that is you don't necessarily have to be the best candidate when you get the job. You have to be the best candidate that day. So don't forget that. Like, there, Sure, people could doubt themselves and say there's plenty of better cooks than me and you know, this person's better than me or that person's better than me, but you have an advantage if you're cooking, if you're doing a cooking test in your own kitchen. You know where everything is. You know how everything works. You already have some idea of the type of food that the chef likes or the food that you're doing there. So when you do your cooking interview, you have home field advantage. You don't need to have a better resume than the other person that you're going up against. You just need to be the better performer the day of the interview. So keep that in mind. And, I, and again, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to um, the cooking interview podcast. I'll, I'll share a funny story with you. You know, we, we talked about um, making sure that you're focusing on the culinary side and not the admin side until you get into the position. The admin stuff, I, quite honestly, I, and I've been an executive chef a long time. The admin stuff's easy. Um, sure, you'll, you know, computer programs, Excel, this, that, and the other. But the fact of the matter is um, your culinary skills are going to get you there and the admin skills can be learned much quicker uh, than the culinary skills. So don't don't worry too much about the admin stuff. You'll figure it out when you get there. Um, it's It's definitely not rocket science and it's definitely not more complicated than the culinary side. But I remember interviewing a guy and the only thing he wanted to ask me was what kind of paperwork we did, what kind of systems we had in place um, and everything to do with admin. And he kept bragging about how he writes schedules and how he does formulas and manages food costs. Now in this particular place, I had a culinary admin, which none of my chefs had to do any sort of admin work. They were all on the floor. So the fact that he had spent his entire career really focusing on being, uh, you know, the type of chef that was good at computers and and uh, making spreadsheets did him no good. I didn't hire him because, like, I don't need someone that's good at admin work. I need chefs that know how to cook. Like, I'm not trying to make, like, the best Excel run kitchen. I want a world-class kitchen that produces great food. And if the only thing that you're focused on is admin work, then you ain't the right person for the job. So that was a personal situation for me, but I just thought it was a, it was a stupid thing to do in an interview with a, with a chef to talk about how great of an admin you are, um, but not talk about what a great chef you are or be able to demonstrate, um, you know, 
depth with regards to culinary knowledge. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's just side tangent. I do want to talk about when you do become the sous chef, your life is going to change. A lot of the assumptions that you had that the sous chef didn't work hard. You know, we all think our boss doesn't do anything until you get in that position. And then you say, oh shit, they did a lot more than I thought they did. When you get in that role, you're going to become the go-to person. Something goes wrong, call the sous chef. Who has to work late? Call the sous chef. So the, the sous chef all of a sudden recognizes like you thought the person didn't do anything. You thought the job was going to be easy and then you're in for a rude awakening. It's much more difficult and much more complex um, than you ever imagined. So be prepared for that. The other thing that you need to be prepared for is there might be a little bit of resentment if you got promoted at the same place and all your former line cooks uh, you used to be one of the one of them and now you're their boss and now you're telling them what to do and they don't like that and they think, oh, now you think you're better than us because you got promoted. Now you're in with the chef and blah, blah, blah. This can be a difficult thing for a lot of people because you went from being their friend and being, you know, one of the homies, and now you're one of them. You're you're the others. They don't want you around. They're afraid you're going to tell their secrets. Now you're telling them what to do, and they don't like it. They thought when you were going to get the job that it was going to be, you know, a win for everybody, but then you quickly found out that you actually have a job to do, and part of that job is telling people what to do. So you need to be fully prepared for that, and I'll share a quick story uh, with you. When I got my first sous chef job, you know, I was uh, I was relatively young. I think I was maybe about 21 years old. And uh, I was working at this Italian restaurant and we had a Zabaglione on the um, on the menu. And for those people that don't know what that is, that's just basically um, a sabayon, for lack of a better term, whipped, uh, whipped egg yolks with sugar, fluffy, it's poured over fruit. This was an Italian restaurant. And uh, one of the cooks there, he would make it wrong on purpose. He, instead of making the Zabaglione, he would just use creme anglaise. And so I noticed he did it. And, uh, you know, he was about 10 years older than me. Like I said, I was in my early 20s. He was probably, he was a man already. He was in his 30s. And uh, I was scared to confront him. So I went up to one of the more senior sous chefs and I said, hey, this guy I know is making the recipes wrong and I'm not sure what to do. And he says, well, you got to tell him to do it right. And I said, well, how do I do that? And he says, you just get in his face and say, do it this way, because that's the way it is end of discussion. And I said, okay. So I went up to the guy and I was nervous. I was afraid to tell him what to do because, you know, I was, I was a young kid and this was a grown man. Um, and I walked up to him and I said, Hey, you're making it wrong. And he says, what do you mean? Um, and I said, you're, you're supposed to, uh, use Zabaglione and not creme anglaise. And he says, but I like it better with creme anglaise than Zabaglione. It tastes better. And I said, Oh shit. Like I didn't know what to do. And I said, well, I got a little closer, like you said, and I said, I'm not asking you, this is the way it is, and I need you to do it. And then he said, okay, I just wanted to test you and see if you had any balls. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it was back then. But to give you an example, like, that's probably not far-fetched from what cooks are going to do to you when you get your first sous chef job. They're going to test you. The more you let them get away with, it's it's just a line that they just keep moving further and further. And like, how far can we push you? When are you going to put up with it and say, no, enough is enough? So I would say when you become a sous chef, know that uh, you're in a weird spot. Like, you know, the cooks don't necessarily trust you anymore. You know, you're still green, so you can't really hang out with the senior chefs. So you're in this weird in-between phase. Um, and it is a little bit awkward, especially if it's at a place um, where you previously worked, where you got promoted. So anyway, keep that in mind. It's something that um, that everyone goes through. We've all been through it. It's 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 part of the rite of passage. But uh, know that you will get through it. You will get better, and and things um, 
things move along and then you become, you know, the next step, chef de cuisine, executive chef or whatever the, uh, whatever the hierarchy is, wherever you're working. So anyway, that was, uh, a long discussion on sous chefing, uh, you know, what it is that I would look for. And, and when, I, when I say this is what I'm looking for, uh, trust me, a lot of chefs are looking for this too. So it's, it, this isn't just my opinion on thing. You know, I have many chefs that I work with behind the scenes. A lot of my friends are executive chefs, run restaurants, run hotels, um, you know, top of the food chain chefs, the you know, Illuminati chefs, right? As I like to, as I like to say. Um, so they share similar opinions to this. So Take my word for it. If you take my advice, uh, it's not guaranteed, but I think you'll have a better chance at getting the position um, if you follow what what we said here on the podcast. Well, anyway, that's it. If you want to support the show, um, we have a website now, chefspsa.com. Um, you know, live as of last week, TikTok, Chef's PSA, Instagram, Chef's PSA, Twitter, Chef's PSA. Just started a YouTube page. There's like three videos on there, Chef's PSA. Um, we'll continue to grow. Uh, you could buy the book. It's on Audible. It's on Amazon and uh, as paperback. And it's an ebook as well. You could support the show. Uh, there's a link in Spotify where you could, uh, where you could donate and support the show. Uh, we appreciate you listening. And uh, thank you, chefs. We'll see you next week. Hit the porno music. Mm-hmm.